MSW Media. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. And this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. I can sing. Hey all, it's Women's History Month, and on this episode, we'll be celebrating with not one, not two, but three amazing women from Zacapa Rum. Master Blender, Lorena Vasquez, Global Brand Ambassador Chef Grace Ramirez, and the brand's resident mixologist Lynette Marrero. All coming up very soon in this episode. It's a cup of rum. Oh, how I love me some rum. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. You know, I get it, Ron Burgundy, but this episode's about rum. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Yes, yes, scotch. Yeah, I like scotch too, but rum. Come on, stop it. Rum. Mm, I love scotch. Enough. First, the questions and comments are just pouring in ever since we've opened that uh, Pandora's box and invited you guys to email me audio questions, info at what we're drinking.com. We got one here that I'm going to address right now from a listener named Lisa. Hey, Dan. I'm a big fan of the show. Um, I'm wondering, I know it might be a little dangerous, um, but have you ever considered starting your own liquor brand? Dangerous, huh? Well, you know, Lisa, possibly. Possibly. Let me tell you something. If you know me, you know I'm not a big fan of rules. And regulations? Regulations can eat a bowl of baby seal dicks, which is, as we all know, super against the rules. Whether I like it or not, it seems like every time I turn around, there's someone telling me it's not okay to turn around. Like at urinals. Fascists. Signs everywhere, too, saying, do this, don't do that. Or, Dan, if you turn around again while using that urinal, we're going to beat the shit out of you. Face it, you can't swing a dead cat without some uptight jerk pointing out that it's illegal to murder the stupid cats that have sex under your apartment window. Though it is legal to swing them around once they're dead, I checked. Now, all these rules are enough to drive you to drink. The problem is, you can't even escape rules when you're drowning them in booze. The regulations regarding the production consumption of alcohol, Lisa, are some of the most stringent and brutally enforced of all. I've been covering the adult beverage bee for over 20 years, and it has put the fear of the Distilled Spirits Council into me good and proper. It's the main reason I haven't yet, yet, pursued my dream of launching my own spirits brand. Well, that and the fact that I... Also never pursued my dream of saving any money, or for that matter, my dream of following through on my dreams. If I'm being honest, I haven't had much luck with the dreaming. But it's all about the change. Because last week, I discovered a spirits category in which there are virtually no rules about how it's made or marketed, and that spirit, my friends, is vodka. I know what you're thinking. You're like, dude, 20 years of writing and talking about drinking and you've just now discovered vodka? The short answer is, blow me. Long answer is, blow me for several hours. Now, looking for answers. You're looking for the ultimate low-hassle booze to bring to market. Now, it's crazy, vodka. Seriously, you not only can you distill it from just about any fermentable substance on Earth, but once it's ready... You can say practically anything you want about it on the label without fear of repercussions. Premium, ultra premium, super premium. These are common descriptors and they're not government regulated. The industry encourages adherence to a set of pricing-based labeling guidelines, but they aren't legally enforceable. Messing with vodka is like cheating on a one-night stand. Screwing with bourbon, on the other hand, is like two-timing your wife who happens to be the daughter of your state's governor. 
Both are pretty shady, but only the latter is going to land your ass in the papers and cost you half of everything you own. And we know this. We've gone over this on the show before. To be called a bourbon, a spirit must have a, a mash bill that's at least 51% corn, and it's got to be aged and charred new white oak barrels. Now, there is a common misconception that bourbon must come from Kentucky or Bourbon County. You can make bourbon outside of Kentucky, but, you know, the good stuff, Kentucky. You can't call sparkling wine champagne unless it was made in Champagne, France. To be labeled 100% agave, a tequila must be distilled entirely from the blue agave plant. And just try labeling a whiskey scotch. It wasn't produced in Scotland. It'll stuff three-day-old haggis down your throat. Or if you're really unlucky, make you go to a Scottish dentist who is just a guy behind the pub with a hammer and a white apron. But vodka? Most people think it's made from potatoes, but it's more often made from wheat. But guess what it would be called if it was made from grapes? Vodka? Apples? Vodka? Pig farts? Yep. Still vodka. Now, it's hard to bottle pig farts and even harder to extract the sugars. But if you manage to do it, the resulting hooch will make you grow a curly tail and root about in your own feces. And vodka made from wheat will also make you do this. Because it turns out that if you distill anything for long enough, you can basically remove all the flavor and be left with pure alcohol. Water that shit down to 80 proof and put it in a fancy bottle, and you've got yourself a new, quote, branded experience product. But what I really love about vodka is the names on the good stuff. Absolute Elix, Handcrafted, Single Estate, Super Premium, Kaufman Vintage, Prairie Certified Organic, Handcrafted, and on and on and on. I'm someone who dabbles in the linguistic arts, i.e. I'm a bullshitter. So I have respect for the craftsmen who form these superlatives. They can sling hella bullshit. But here's the deal. With vodka, you can do anything you'd like in terms of production and packaging. Anything goes, really. You can make it with whatever you want and call it whatever you want, too. So now, Lisa, you've inspired me. And with that in mind, I'm thrilled to announce my latest dream. i got a Kickstarter project to fund the world's first Mega Ultra Jeans Creamium Vodka. Platinum looks elegant. Once we reach our modest Kickstarter goal... We'll begin producing Platinum Lux Elegant from the fermented mash of hand-harvested caviar, which will be distilled 37 times in leak crystal pot stills before being filtered through the tiny toes and fingers of the children of Kate Middleton and Prince William. From there, Platinum Lux Elegant will travel first class to Rome for each individual bottle to be hand-numbered in gold and blessed by the Pope himself. As for the taste, well, Platinum Lux Elegant Mega Ultra Jeans Creamium Vodka will be the only vodka known to humankind that is guaranteed to make you cream in your jeans. That's right. Every time. You'll be reminded of this by our designer label, and thanks to our unique relationship with the truth, <clears throat> I mean with one of the world's leading distributors, be able to offer Platinum Lux Elegant for an incredibly low minimum Kickstarter donation of $100. That you're also going to get a free limited edition t-shirt to go along with the vodka that is so refined you can't even see it. All that's standing between me and my dream of retiring to Belize and you and the next big branded experience product is a few hundred grand worth of donations. I'm planning to check out Kickstarter soon enough and get this campaign started. I just hope they don't have any damn rules or regulations. So stay tuned for the details on that, all right? Now, I invite you to send me your questions, comments, random thoughts to info at whatwerdrinking.com. I prefer if you send an audio file because I like hearing your voice, but if you, know, if you want, you can just type it out in an email. Now, before we get to the women of Zacapa Rum, I want to just remind you to check out and download the Stereo app. Stereo is the social media app for the podcasting world. I'm going to be going on Stereo Thursday, March 18th. That's today. That's the day this episode went up. With my old pal Colin Donnell, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be firing away, and you can come at us with questions, comments, or just weird things you want to say. But you got to go get the Stereo app now and follow me at Stereo.com slash Dan Dunn, D-A-N-D-U-N-N. Do it. Today, Thursday, March 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Colin Donnell and I will be getting busy on Stereo. Folks, I've never admitted this on the show before, but I'm a guy. Yeah, it's true. And as a guy, I'm here to tell you that so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. 
Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Treatments start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. That's right, free. Go to keeps.com slash drinking to receive your first month of treatment for free. Take care of your hair, and your hair will take care of you. Hey, it's Aisha Tyler. And before he was known as Podcast Dan, he was known to me and so many others as Puka Dan. And Puka Dan, forever shall he be. I've been covering the adult beverage beat for 20 years. And in that time, the industry has come a long way in many areas, including sustainable production practices, product accessibility, and overall quality and quantity of the stuff people love to drink. But perhaps the most welcome and long overdue development in the industry that I've seen over the past few decades has been in the emergence of women in all areas of the business. This was a, you know, unfortunately, this is a, the, the booze industry has been dominated by men for way too long, but that's changing. And now we're in the midst of International Women's Month, which I celebrate all year round, by the way, just saying. And I am thrilled to welcome to the show three of the most badass women in the booze business. First up, she's one of the few women in the world to hold the title of Master Blender. It is a job she does as well as anyone in the business, and she does it for Zacapa Rum. Lorena Vasquez. Hi, Lorena. How are you? Hi. Fine. Thank you. You? You're excited today. I love this. I love that we got the energy going. I'm I'm doing good. I Yay! got I got some of your rum here. I mean, how I couldn't be better. Look at this. I'm ready to sip some rum with with a woman who made it. And then uh, we also have with us. Uh, she's a renowned chef who is the global and brand ambassador for Zacapa Rum. She develops the perfect food pairings for this delectable barrel-aged spirit, Chef Grace Ramirez. Hi, Grace. Hi, Dan. Um, such a pleasure to be here with you all today. This is awesome. Thanks for, <laughs> thank for doing this. Thank you for the this. great it's, intro. Oh, you, well, you, you, I'm just honored to have you here. And finally, speaking of honored, uh, she's an award-winning New York City-based bartender, mixologist, and philanthropist known for co-creating the world's first all-female speed bartending competition, Speed Rack. And I got to tell you, it's... I, I know a lot of people in this industry and it is speed rack is something that everyone is universally loved. It's such a cool thing and it raises a lot of money for charity uh, and, and other worthy causes. She's widely regarded as one of the pioneering bartenders in this industry and has been the uh, worked as the mixologist on Zacapa rum since 2008. Lynette Marrera. Hi. Hi. It's good <laughs> to so see honored. you. I'm like, it's so great when you hear how long that I've been working with Sakapa and with wonderful people like Lorena, because, you know, women in this industry are only built up by the other women around them. So that's why I think Speedrack is so loved. And I'm very honored to be here today. Well, I thank you for being here. And, and yeah, I mean, it, this is, unfortunately, this is all too rare of an occurrence that I get to talk to three women who are at the top of their game in this, that are all working for the same brand. I just, first of all, women's palettes are scientifically proven are better, right? I mean, I think women should be, should be the stopping point at, for every brand, I think, and stuff would taste better, right or wrong here. A hundred percent. It's spot on. I mean, is, I'm uh, not going to argue with science. <laughs> can't argue. So Lorena, I mean, you do this. Yeah. This is your thing. I mean, do you find your do you find that you have an advantage I think over you know some of your other uh, master blenders? Yes. But <laughs> No, I'm very that. humble about it. Yes. All all the women are, uh we have a more 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 sensitive and for the aroma and the flavor and, and obviously, I, by no means am I diminishing all the hard work that you put in. You've been at Zacapa for 35 years, right? 36. <laughs> 36 years. How? Wow. That's just amazing. It's a long time. <laughs> and you've seen the brand just, you know, grow and grow and grow. And you've played a major role in that. 
tell people out there that maybe aren't familiar with the brand what it is that makes the cava so special? Ah, uh, for me it's um Guatemala. Yeah, that's where that's where you're based in Guatemala, yeah. right? The brand's no, based. Our process is very different at the other runs. Uh, we are use uh, uh, the raw material is um, is the sugar cane juice concentrate. Um, we are talk as virgin sugar cane uh, syrup. Yeah, uh, the aging process is uh, in the high altitude in Quetzaltenango, uh, two thousand three hundred meters above sea level. Uh, the aging process is very different. We are use a, a, solar, a dynamic solar system. Uh, uh, all, all, all in, in the in the aging process, we are use a different uh, cast. Yeah, for Zacapa twenty three, we are use a ex American whiskey oak. Ex bourbon, ex bourbon barrels you're using. Ex American whiskey, but oh, it doesn't have to be bourbon necessarily. Both. Okay, uh, gotcha. Tennessee, Tennessee whiskey and bourbon. Okay, uh, yeah. Both. And the third time we are use uh, ex oloroso cherry wine. Yeah. At the end, use uh, ex ex Pedro Jimenez uh, wine. I'm going to try some of this. Right Our now. process is very <laughs> different. <laughs> you've got me. You've wet my whistle here with telling me about this. So some of your reader, some of your listeners who uh, are used to, um, you know, Scotch whiskeys have been using Oloroso or sherry casks. So this idea of finishing a beautiful brown spirit in these um, wine casks is just one of the things that makes this quite exceptional. Um, and, you know, Lorena will be humble, but she is one of the, like, not only one of the super tasters, but she actually is like the super noser too. So <laughs> she can uh, sense aromas that are quite fantastic. So I think when you really uh, dive into, so make when you're tasting Zacapa, you have to make sure that you're doing it correctly. So make sure you're, you know, opening your mouth a little bit, make sure you're getting that retronasal, um, just like you would um, any sort of high-end whiskey as well. And, and breathe that in and just, you'll get just the beautiful nuance of what she manages to achieve in this blend that I think is quite spectacular. Oh yeah. Let me, uh, Cheers here. I mean, and also she's a great cook. She's a great cook. I think she's designed, <laughs> she's designed uh, Sacapa just like an amazing, perfect recipe of layers of layers of flavor. Because that's what all those, you know, the Soleta system and the different barrels would just keep adding um, layers of flavor to that rum. So that's why when you try it, it is life changing. I always say, just try it. And you'll fall in love. My job is not very hard. <laughs> I, oh, I did like, just try it, and it's so delicious. That, yeah. Grace, let, Grace, let me ask you that. Like, what? So, what, what I'm have here is the the 23, the the Ranzacapa 23, which is a really uh, rich, uh, yes. a lot of complexity in this rum. Yeah, There's a, complexity. Yeah, a lot, yes. a lot of really just a, a a lot of really pleasant flavor notes coming in. Grace, what would you? I, I actually want to ask Lynette too. The cocktail and food pairings. Who wants to go for it? I'd love to know a great cocktail and food pairing for this rum. Lynette, oh, okay. she, she introduces <laughs> it so beautifully, and then I can add on. All right, so Lynette, what are we doing, what are we doing cocktail-wise here? Again, because of the, the way that Lorena blended this, um, I lean into a lot of those kind of wine notes, as wine's a traditional pairing with uh, food. So I like making Manhattan variations, uh, our Zagroni is fantastic with food. So, you know, using the potato head method, take out gin, sub in Zacapa, you have a beautiful cocktail. Um, you know, actually Zacapa is extremely popular in Italy. So actually that's also makes a really great connection because like, you can have a Zagroni with a beautiful charcuterie plate. Um, and so I lean into a lot of those kind of stirred cocktails, things that you traditionally would have whiskey or cognac in. Um, you know, it, uh, it will hold up to citrus though. So you can also work with some citrus style drinks um, you know, we have a cocktail that uses yuzu juice, zacapa, a spray of talisker storms to get a, to bring out a smokiness. Um, because of zacapa's profile, it also goes really well with smoky elements. We actually have Edición Negra, uh, which I think right now is in, in rare supply in the U.S. because everyone bought it yeah. <laughs> during quarantine. But uh, that brings into some of those smoke elements that are um, a natural fit. So. I kind of go in that in that realm. So Manhattan's old fashions, anything you make whiskey or cognac with, sidecar style, like you can just sub Zacapa in, just see how those drinks kind of change. So let, let's say we do the Zagroni. So we're just doing the we're just doing the Zacapa. 
with the Campari and the vermouth, right? It's straight. Absolutely. That's it. Just swapping it out. Now, Grace, I've got, I've got a Zagroni. What am I eating? Well, you know, I think that the the, the easy part for me is that Zacapa goes pretty much well with, with anything. So, so that's kind of like, but I, you know, it's, I love a Zagroni with a, like a beautiful charcuterie board. Like how do you start your, you know, that, that moment when you're like, charcuterie cheeses and, and and so forth is so easy right it's like because a lot of people think of a charcuterie board and they go straight to wine um but i love that flavor combination of having you know a good cigroni and like you know that uh, beautiful and then it, it also it balances out for example if you have jamon like if you have a prosciutto or a, a, a jamon iberico or those those um more salty charcuterie that it's like you know, that, that makes you thirsty and then you have that Sigroni and then you're like, oh, I want more of both. <laughs> so that's that's a beautiful flavor combination. But I, you know, when when I started working with um, Sacapa, I wasn't even in the brand uh, and, and I was loving the food pairing with like the food I would make with Sacapa. And I would say that I was even living in New Zealand, I would have to smuggle Sacapa from Australia because I love showing my guests what what a um, what an spectacular food and drink pairing Sakapa is, and, and to end a meal with you know an XO uh, uh, and dark chocolate, or like you know have this flourless chocolate brownies that are basically very I call them decadent and delicious, and it's pure chocolate, and 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 finish that off with I love the the flavor combination of of chocolate and Sakapa, either it's XO or twenty three. This is sort of an unusual, I haven't encountered this a lot in the businesses, liquor brands having a, a chef uh, for pairings. I mean, obviously, Lynette referenced it earlier. It's something that more common in the wine world. So where did, how did, uh, how did you, how did you get this job? Well, the truth is, I think it was years and years of manifestation <laughs> of being, of being such a lover of the brand. And this is a true story. Like, I, my family's from Venezuela, so we are rum drinkers, right? We love rum. But because Venezuela is going through whatever it's going through, I, I was in um, one of the Virgin Islands, and someone said to me, you have to try Sacapa. And I tried it. You're a drum drinker. Drives, and I automatically fell in love with it. I was like, what is this? This I was like, what is this liquid? It's so good. And then I started, like I always do when I love something, I started researching. And then I hear that it's done by this woman um, called Lorena Vasquez. And I was like, whoa. And then I hear all the story about the petate around um, the the bottle that is done by over 700 women uh, in Guatemala, that they're their main source of income is that I was like, wait a minute, like I must know everything about this brand. And then Lynette, which is a dear friend of mine for many years, um, I literally put them on my cookbook without them, without working with Sacapa. I was like, if you're going to go for a, a rum brand that comes from, from South America, you have to try Sacapa. It's life changing. And it was years of manifestation that I basically forced my way into the brand. But thanks to Lynette, she was like, you got to come over um, to, to the offices and let's do some uh you know, pairings, I'll make the cocktails, you'll make food. And I would literally go with my, all my little utensils and, and the food. And, and so it was a lot of years of that, um, that I was, I, I just said, whatever you guys need, whenever you guys have a dinner party, I'm there, I'll make the food, you make the cocktails. And, uh, years later, they realized they needed me, but it was literally manifestation. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, you, so you, you stayed in it. Now, Lorena, what kind of food? What kind of food do you like to eat? What's it would be like a traditional Guatemalan dish that would go great with this rum? In Guatemala, the the food is very complexity in in aroma and the flavor. Uh, have a a lot of the different dishes in in the different region in Guatemala. But I love for me with Zacapa too. Is a one is a is a dessert. Is a, a plantain with a mole. Yeah, this mole have a chocolate black uh, dark chocolate with tomato and cinnamon uh, vanilla 
Uy, this sauce with uh, uh, the, 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 the banana fried with a capa. Oh my God, it's fantastic. And the other is, uh, is, the, is the salt, uh, a very, very traditional uh, dish in Guatemala. The name is um, Pepian. Uh, the, these salts have uh, uh, tomato, onion, uh, garlic, um uh, uh, dry uh, chilies is a uh, uh, chile guaque, chile pasa, but it, 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 this chile have a very complexity and aroma. And for me, it's a little uh, smoky and, and caramelize uh, the aroma and the flavor. But this sauce with sacapa uh, is like the combination, the pairing is, is very good. Wow, that's um, <laughs> my mouth's watering right now. I I first had I first had Zacapa. Man, there's a place out here in Los Angeles called La Descarga, and uh, my friend Steve Lavigny, you know Steve Lynette, yeah. Steve Steve used to run that place, and I and I I may Steve may have even been involved with Zacapa at some point, but I they he, were just big supporters from like day one. I think like La Descarga, Steve and Pablo, probably- yeah. <laughs> yeah. They sold so much the kappa. It was crazy. <laughs> it was it was it was probably the most popular rum there. I mean, they were everybody had it out, and that's the first time I encountered this rum, and I really fell in love with it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, Lynette, with you about women in the business. I, I feel like a lot of inroads have been made in the bartending community, right? And you played a, a big role in that. I really believe that with speed rack and just showing, you know, that was such a, that's such a showcase for like how amazing, uh, women, uh, bartenders are. But when you look back at, you know, the early days where it was Julie and, and, and some of the other sort of people that were doing it in New York city, mainly, I I'm trying to think of maybe San Francisco or LA, but I kind of feel like in, in America, at least New York city, was where the sort of female pioneers in the in the cocktail world originated, right? So, having been doing this for a long time, what do you see? You know, what do you think of all the change that you've seen, and where do you see it going from here? Absolutely. I mean, I was lucky to get my start in New York under Julie at the Flatiron Lounge and have direct. At- direct access to her and Audrey and, and the luminaries. And by the way, know, when we're talking about this, started... she means Julie Reiner and Audrey <laughs> Saunders. Yeah. Just so everybody knows who we're talking about out there, Julie Reiner, uh, we're talking about like, we're like Julie and this and Dale. And I, I forget sometimes that everybody out there doesn't know who we're talking about, but yeah, they're, they're two. Uh, Julie Reiner was uh, well, Clover club, right. And uh, flat iron lounge. lounge. Yeah, Audrey Saunders uh, had, what place? Pego Club. Club. That's right. Yeah. Which yeah, is gone. And, and, gone. and she, yeah. yeah, I know. Sad, a uh, victim of the pandemic. Um, but you know, I, I was lucky to have those women in my sights and in my purview and, and, you know, good friends of the bars like Charlotte Boise would be, you know, when they, when everyone kind of stopped here and started the cocktail Renaissance, it was really a lot of people, those people were coming from New York. So I had a lot of uh, women role models to look up to um, and I realized that access wasn't everywhere. Um, I luckily, through my work with Sakapa, got to travel a bit and then travel to Chicago and realized that people like Bridget Albert were there and, and really had been, you know, building the scene. And, uh, you know, I met other women like Misty Kalkofin in Boston and and the Lupec chapter that they had, which inspired me to start realizing that there was, there just wasn't a connection. We didn't all know each other. We we're all just doing these things. And, uh, part of what Speedrack's mission was was to bring access to those kind of mentors, and there is that whole uh, idea that if you don't see yourself in, if you don't see people around you in the positions where you want to be, you don't think that that's an aspiration. So Speedrack at that time, I think, you know, when I started in in 2004, you had like Sasha Petrosky who owned Milk and Honey. Sasha had men and women working there. Everyone bartended and everyone waited tables, so there was no difference between the job role by gender. 
And, you know, when we first started, basically, if you're willing to make less money to work harder and be in the craft cocktail business, you had a job. It didn't matter if you were, what you identified as because working in cocktail bars was hard. The ice was heavy, the, the labor going into drinks. It's not, you know, it's using a gun and cranking out drinks and making twice as much money. Um, but that sort of changed when the whole idea of the speakeasy and, and became more glamorized and, and started popping up more. And that's when um, women, I think, other groups uh, got kind of pushed out of the conversation. So um, my partner, Ivy Mix, who co-founded Speed Rec with me, she had a different experience coming into the scene in New York where she wasn't, uh, it wasn't as easy for her to get behind the bar. And so when we started talking about what Speed Rec could be is that it would be an opportunity to show everyone how incredibly talented these women were doing what we thought like you do on Friday night. It's like you were cranking out a crazy amount of cocktails, but you're for like luminaries, people walk into your bar and sit right in front of you. It's like Lorena walked into my bar on a Friday night and sitting right by service and I have to take care of her, make sure her drink is beautiful while I'm also making drinks for 100 people. That's what we wanted to test. And I think as you see, um, you know, especially in LA, you see a lot of our speed rack uh, competitors really kicking butt like Christine Wiseman, Yel Van Graaf, uh, Melina Meza. I mean, there's so many. Karen Grill. It's it's kind of beautiful to see. Um, I think you can't go to a city nowadays and not find someone who um, really like took an opportunity from that exposure and and ran with it. No, and and again, I I I I need people to understand just how important Speed Rack has been in this long overdue reckoning in the bar industry. Like, Hey man, there needs to be more women doing this. They are as good or better than the men. And let's, let's make it happen. And and again, I just congratulate you on, on the role that you and, and your, your crew at speed rack have played not only in that, but also again, you know, raising money and, and all the things that you, that you do. Um, I want to ask about rum, the category itself. I had a, I did a show recently, where somebody made a comment, I won't say who it was, but one of my guests said, I made a thing about rum, and he said, well, nobody cares about rum. And, and I, that's, he was joking, I think, but, but it did get me thinking about rum is such a, an amazing spirit, and it is such a, a, a the, the main component in so many great drinks. But I don't hear people talk about rum the same way they do with, with whiskeys, necessarily, where you're, where this is a sipping rum, and why is that? Why why do, do you do you, already I'm wrong in this, but do you feel like aged rums and sipping rums get their due like they should? Because I think the best rums are as good as any whiskey that I've had. I also go ahead and start really quickly. I think um you're right. It's like I think what his statement what it leads to is the fact that there is a whole group uh like the the rum makers, Lorena, her talent and skill is is so unmatched, right? It's, it's, it's definitely, like you said, as difficult as making a beautiful whiskey blending itself is a difficult, um, product. And I think it takes even more, um, skill to work with something like rum that can be grown, you know, the sugar cane, there's so many factors There's sugar cane can be grown in, in so many places. You can use either the molasses or the uh, sugar cane juice raw or cooked. Um, you know, you can age in different barrels. And I think that there has been, there's no um, there's no one standard, and I think it's up to the people making it to put those standards in. So, you know, when Lorena talks about what she does, you know, there's a lot of uh, process and, and quality control and things that are put in that are put in because to make the product she wants to make, that has to happen. So from everything from where we're growing our sugar cane, how we're bringing it up to the mountains, how she's blending and tasting and years it has to go in the barrels. Um, so I think that's kind of one of the things. But it is a shame because, you know, James Beard did say of all the spirits in my liquor cabinet, rum is the most romantic. And I think it transports you to places and in and, and a broader way. I think the only other thing I can equate it to is Irish uh, scotch whiskey because you can almost taste what part of Scotland um, it's from by tasting whiskey. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that, that's a great, that's a great point, Lynette. I, I you know, there is such a, a difference between it, it, where the provenance of the rum is, where it comes from. So Lorena, would you, how would you describe just the general flavor profile of Guatemalan rum versus say something from, you know, Barbados or, or the Dominican Republic or something like that. What, what's different? Um, Guatemalan rum 
is is more complexity, but uh, have a more balance and aroma and the flavor is more delicate. Yeah, normally in the in the aging process in the high altitude, it, it is better for for the aroma and the flavor in the run. It's very different when you when when the um, the aging process is in the in the in the love land. Yeah, is is very hot. Yeah, this hot is 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 is, is a different uh, the balance and the aroma and the and the and the flavor in their own. Okay. Yeah. And in your, I think that's a really great point. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So think even like agave and tequila, right? If you taste a highland agave and yes. then you have a lowland, they're very different, and it's because all these things. And that's where I just connected that because altitude is so dramatic in that same way, and you know how how that flavor develops um, is really influenced. We're by talking that. like seventy six hundred feet, right? It's up there. Yeah, yeah this is high. <laughs> it's really high up there. Grace, can you can you cook with the rum? Absolutely. I'm. I'm. A, by the way, let me profess. I'm a moron. I, I don't know how to cook. I. So I'm. I, you're probably like, uh, duh. But can, so what? What if me? I can't. What if I wanted to cook? What do I, was it like a sauce? What would I do? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you a couple of things. But okay. First, I think that it is a very exciting time for rum these days. You know, I think that, like what you were saying before, uh, rum has had a little bit of. Um, you know, not the spotlight that it deserves, but I think it's like tequila. It's going to have a big moment right now, you know, because people are starting to understand. And and that's why it's so exciting. Also, not only do I get to work with these stunning women that I am such a fan. I want to tell your audience, I am such a fan of these women. Like every time I were on zoom, I am literally like a girl crush over these these women because I, think I, I feel the same way so by the amazing. way I'm telling you right now I'm I'm this is exciting for me I'm uh, it's amazing yeah, I'm, what they do is amazing I mean what Lorena has created is stunning and it's so inspiring and what you know what Lynette does for women is it's every time that I hear them talk I'm like I just feel so honored um to work with them but I think that it is exciting time for rum and I think that you can cook with it for example well we we encourage our, our our consumers to have the rum by it you know on a beautiful cocktail or or by itself just so you can really um try the 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 rum right but you know Lorena's favorite recipe I just um I I had to we're doing world class and I, I we said Lorena send me your favorite recipe to have sacapa in or with and she sends me this beautiful filet mignon which basically you cook it, you know, I cooked it in ghee because I love butter and I love clarified butter. Um, (laughs) Ghee is clarified butter. So anything butter and steak for me is just perfect. And then you, so you just literally saute onions and then deglaze those onions with sacapa. So you, you have to think of this like, you, you deglaze usually with a liquor, right? Normally people deglaze with wine. We deglazed with rum. Deglaze is a word that I should know. Deglaze is a, yes. So deglaze means. <laughs> you burn it off, right? You burn it off. And coffee. Yeah, you, you, you okay. and, coffee. and then you have coffee. Yeah, you have coffee and cream. So it's very simple, but yet it's so beautiful to have a, a, a nice piece of filet mignon with this very simple sacapa coffee and creamy and. Um, you know, a bit of onion uh, and buttery sauce. So, uh, and then, you know, what I used to do that it's, that is very um, luxurious was do like a pineapple rum cake with sacapa. Oh, <laughs> that very sounds luxurious. amazing. <laughs> it is. But, but again, I think that obviously you can cook with the rum, but we highly recommend you trying it, um, you know, with, by itself, sipping it by itself, or with like, yeah, like a Manhattan or an old fashioned. Um, so you can really taste it first. Wow. That I'm, I'm so hungry right now. I have ice cream sandwiches in the fridge. I think I might have a, a ice cream sandwich, dip it in my rum. There we go. It's going to uh, be delicious. Uh, Lorena. It's going to change your life. <laughs> I, I think it will. Lorena, I, again, I want to say 35 years at the company, and to to get where you are, what's what are you gonna? What's the next thirty five years looking like? What do we got? Oi! 
What can we expect? A, vaca- a vacation. <laughs> any any new any new no. expressions coming down the pike? Anything like that for the rum? Yes, yes, yes. I have now sixty six year. Yeah, more thirty five is. <laughs> you're saying you're wait. You're saying you're sixty six. No, yes, you're sixty six. Get out of yes. here. Wow. Okay. Yeah, making rum. What, what's in the water? Zacapa. Zacapa. I need to start drinking more Zacapa. This is like the fountain yeah. of youth or something going on. Yeah. Okay. Now for for the the next year, uh, we are working as the different uh, in my team. I have a different woman. For for me, the woman is is more um, dedicated. Is uh, and for me, uh, the rum is, is a Latin passion, no? Uh, we're working at the different uh, collection. We have uh, launched the, this year at uh, the new collection for, for Zacapa. The name is um, the Hevelin Cast for the next four years. Every year, launch uh, one uh, the different blend. Okay. Uh, we are working on the different projects for, for the future on the road. You got a lot going on down there, right? And, yeah. we're, and people can go to uh, to the Copa Rum's website. I'm assuming there's going to be some cocktail recipes there, right, Lynette? And any any food stuff going on, food recipes, Grace, on the on the site? Absolutely. I think that also, well, what, where you can find them more, it's on in our um, Instagram and Pinterest there you can find the lovely pairings of like, yeah, the, the team has been doing a beautiful job of of putting, you know, Lynette's beautiful cocktails and and the food in there. So may, go check out our Instagram. Check out the Instagram. And Lynette, it, it looks, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but it, it certainly seems like there's light at the end of the tunnel and that light is coming from a bar and I see it and I want to go in it. <laughs> So, you know, if, yes. if hopefully we're going to come out of this thing soon and when we do, I'm wondering, is Speed Rack going to be back up and around again? And when do you anticipate that happening? Sure. Uh, we are hoping that our fall of 2021 that we might be able to finish our season nine, which has been on hold. Uh, we actually spent our last event in New Orleans as the city was closing around us and did executed it in a bar with uh, the incredibly talented women of Texas, Louisiana uh, and Tennessee and all who drove in. And it was a very beautiful time, but also really insane. So we do hope to finish that. We feel that, you know, the women who won those spots deserve a time. So we're hoping that at that point it'll be safe to at least bring the competitors together, even if it's a closed event and we're able to just kind of just stream it. Um, but I'm looking forward to, you know, inviting guests back into the bar. We've done a lot of conversations, um, you know, with Sakapa about, you know, what the experiences are going to be like. Um, I was on a global panel with our global cocktailian, Lauren Moat, and how we see, you know, the role of um, really luxury brands um, and higher end spirits like Sakapa because, the truth is, you know, you all have now learned how to make easy drinks at home. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've we've taught you how. And with my master class, I know I've, I've t- told you a few trade secrets. Like you can make a beautiful toffee Negroni using Zacapa um, with Aperol and sweet vermouth instead. It's beautiful with the Zagroni with Aperol because the, 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 the profile is so nice because it has a little more grapefruit. You love grapefruit with Sakapa. Um, so I think when people come back to our restaurants and bars, we're going to have to push the envelope a little more and be more creative. And so I'm inspired by the creativity of Grace and Lorena to think more about the food and the cocktail, how they will work together, how I can make a more fantastic experience for our guests who will say, you don't have to make the drink tonight. You don't have to cook tonight. We got you and welcome home. I can't wait for that. And I would love to, let's make a pack now that we will do another episode of this show but we're going to do it in person. We're going to all be sitting yes. around the same. We're going to be sitting around the same table, drink, drinking Zacapa together. And I, I can't wait. I, I look forward to it so much. I want to, I want to thank uh, chef Grace Ramirez for joining us. Do you have your own Instagram as well, Grace? 
Yes, it's at Chef Grace Ramirez. It's- Where did you come up with that name? <laughs> it's a great name for Instagram. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. It, it's my Instagram is. You know, I used to hate Instagram. I was like, on top of everything I'm doing, how hard I work, I hate this thing, and now I love it. I realized that, especially during the pandemic, that I had to fall in love with it because it's the future. And and I was like, okay, wait, let me turn this thing around and I'm going to embrace it. And there's a lot of food and there's a lot of recipes. There's a lot of sacapa in there. And um, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to follow you as soon as this, as soon as we get off this thing here. Lynette, it's it's great to see you. It's been a while. Um, and I, 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 I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing you. I don't know if Tails is going to happen. I think it's happening in some form. I don't know if we're going or not, but uh, stuff's going to happen. And I'm hoping to get to New York in uh, in the fall as well. I'm, I'm scheduled to host an event. I host this thing called the Whiskey X. Uh, and oh, awesome. What's insane is, and I, it's just so hard to believe that it's been a year. So this time last, the first event was supposed to be at the Navy Yard in Brooklyn on March 20th last year. It was the first of 12 we were doing around the country. And I'm the MC, and I remember a week before, maybe eight days before, the guy that runs it, they had booked my flight and everything, and I said, I don't think it's going to happen, man. And he said, no, no, it's fine. Um, uh, What's her name? Billie Eilish is playing the garden this weekend. They haven't canceled that. And then I, no joke, maybe like an hour later, I'm on the phone and I see, or on the computer, and I see a notice, Billie Eilish cancels the, and I said oh we're done if Billie Eilish can't go on I can't go on so it but that was a year ago and I'll tell you I, I can't wait to just get back to New York City such a a great place and there's so many great bars and you're involved with some great bars and and I hope they're still going I saw Ivy on CNN not long ago and I was worried because she seemed to be worried yeah. about but are you guys gonna are you surviving uh, you know, Land and Clover Club, Julie and Ivy and, and, and Susan Fedoroff, they've all they've kept their businesses going. Um, the restaurants that I work with, the Lama Inn, Lama San, they have, you know, we we all banded together. I think uh, community is what was so important during this time. And I think the bars and restaurants that leaned into community um, were able to find some sort of lifeline. And we are we're, we're pushing forward. We're opening. We We've been, you know, now I think our next capacity increase happens on March 19th. So yes, we're optimistic. 50%. Oh, and, and hospitality, you know, in New York, hospitality has been allowed to uh, start getting vaccinated for the last month. So I actually get my second shot tomorrow. So uh, that is progress. And, and, and that helps, you know, to protect the employees who are working there day in, day out. Um, and so, you know, we are pushing forward. So we're we're very grateful that we've been been keeping moving and i look forward to welcoming more and more guests uh 50 is going to be great (laughs) that's great Um, you know it's funny that um so a year ago today i I was diagnosed with COVID, so i'm i'm feeling really emotional about it because you know it was so scary because the city was shutting down and i had COVID. i had this thing that i really didn't know what it was but um it felt very like it was going to kill me um and but it, it ended up being a blessing because I work with an organization called World Center Kitchen that we help, um, you know, it's we're a chef relief team, but it's we've done a lot of work with, with the pandemic where we literally were buying meals from restaurants and distributing to uh, hospitals and people in need. But uh, it ended up being such a blessing because I already had it. So I had to go feed the community. Right. And, and so so being able to support all these um restaurants and, and and having them not close because you know all our lovely bars and restaurants they it was like it felt like literally losing the empire state building right i was like if one more of my favorite bar or restaurant closes what's gonna happen to us um so i was like i need to do something and um i'm so happy that now you know we are at 50 percent, and like lynette said everyone is getting vaccinated either you like it or not it's at least hope and 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 that it slowly feels like a renaissance in our industry in in general and and it's exciting when you finally are able to go to your favorite jazz bar and and have a drink and be like okay i think this is we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel grace has an amazing hat on and that hat needs to be seen 
That that hat needs to be. I want you need to be in a jet. Like yeah, a petate, and it's, yeah. it's like from Guatemala in public. And hey, I'm really happy that you survived COVID. You know, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Congrats on on that. I get to congratulate yes. people on that. I guess you would, right? That's how. It yeah, goes. I feel. I feel I deserve a medal. I survived. You it. did it. That's amazing. <laughs> and and finally, you know, I don't. I'm fortunate to get to have every once in a while we get to have legends in this industry on the show. And, and today certainly was one of those Lorena Vasquez. Thank you for doing this and, and for making this rum and, and for all that you've done for the industry and, and, uh, and to the continued success to, to another 35 yes. great years or 36. She said 36, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got this. You can do it till you're 102. Yeah, I got, I, I got you. <laughs> Yeah, my work. It's not my work, it's my passion. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your passion to, to do this with us here. And uh, again, everybody, check out uh, Rum Zacapa, or Ron Zacapa is how you say it. And uh, and yeah. check out the, follow them on Instagram, follow everybody on Instagram. Just just follow everybody on Instagram. <laughs> it's fun. You heard Grace say it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Before I let you go, that's right, I said it, let you go. Look, this is great. The vaccines rolling out, get them, get vaccinated, do all that. The reality is face masks are going to be a part of our foreseeable future. They should be. We need to keep safe. We need to get this thing fully under control. So I want to tell you about uh, Cocktail Chameleon. It's a lifestyle and cocktail brand by Mark Addison Media. They are not a sponsor I'm telling you about it because they're doing a really cool thing. It's called the Mask Up for Bartenders Fundraising Initiative with the U.S. Bartenders Guild. They've got a bunch of bar and hospitality professionals from across the U.S. on the Cocktail Chameleon Instagram and Facebook pages, and they're sporting these cocktail party face masks. And I have one, and if you go to my Instagram, at the imbiber, I'll be wearing it. Also go to WWD underscore podcast, I'll have one there. So this Mask Up fundraising campaign is designed to serve those who have served us, bartenders, through the U.S. Bartenders Guild National Charity Foundation. All 100% of the proceeds from these cocktail party face masks, founder Mark Addison is going to donate that to the USBG plus 10% of site-wide sales. And this is going to help bartenders who experience hardship due to COVID-19 closures and layoffs. Additionally, cocktail lovers making a cocktail chameleon purchase will have the opportunity to leave a tip at checkout, an option to round up for the USBG National Charity Foundation. They got uh, their elegant face masks. They got their custom printed by Anne Terrain Paris featuring retro style cocktail illustrations by Mark Addison. Breathable cotton fabric, custom printed and sewn. They're really good looking masks. I like it. I've been wearing my mask since I got it. It can be hand washed and line dried. $19 each or three for 40 So go to cocktailchameleon.markaddison.com. Cocktail Chameleon is spelled the way you would think. Mark, M-A-R-K-A-D-D-I-S-O-N.com. Buy a mask. Do something good for your bartenders. And everybody, thank you. Thank you for being here today. I look forward to the next time we get together and roll. Can I get a little jam? Can I get a little jam, please? Yeah, there it is. That's the stuff. <laughs>